0: Hey, you're listening to the Sound on Sight Game of Thrones podcast, episode three, in which we discuss what is dead, may never die. And uh, Kate, I'm joined by Miss Kate Kulzik. Hello. Is she here? Yes, there she is. And I'm also joined by Mr. Mike Waldman. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good, thank you.
1: We'll see. <laughs> depends <laughs> on if, it depends on if Rico decides to make an appearance on the podcast. That will determine how I'm doing.
0: Rico being your Cerebus-like Hellion dog.
1: Yes, if by Cerebus you mean uh, German Spitz, who's adorable and knows it.
0: Yeah, and really capitalizes on it. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So, uh, what is Dead May Never Die marks the appearance of a couple new characters who I assume, uh, Kate, you mentioned a couple episodes ago that to you, this season slash, you know, the book it's adapting is really all about the women, and this week we get uh, two new women and i'm struggling to think of a character that's made a more memorable entrance than brienne of tarth
1: absolutely she comes in swinging quite literally and uh she's definitely one of my favorites
0: now do you think they uh, and i guess i throw this out to both of you i i'm i'm under the impression she's a bit of a fan favorite character do you feel like it, it, it seems like they had a a sort of a daunting task in terms of doing her justice do you think they do you think they did the trick with the, with our casting here
1: I don't think we'll know until she's given more to do and more, something more challenging than throwing a sword around. Uh, Mike, what about you? What do you think?
2: Um, I agree. I think, uh, obviously, initially, Breen's fun because she's the, you know, the lady warrior, but she, her character has a lot more depth than that. Um, I think, actually, in the end, Breen is probably the most redeemable character in the book and maybe the character with the most depth. So I agree. We're going to have to see if the actress can. I looked the actress up. She's six foot four. Yeah. Um, but they've also clearly done a lot of things to accentuate her height, maybe a little more than was necessary. Like in the book, she's mentioned as being very large, but not like seven
0: feet tall or anything. Well, they, they didn't only accentuate her height. They also accentu- accentuated her bulk.
2: Well, yeah, and in the book, like, she's described as being the size of a large man. But I felt like in the bit where she's walking with Kat, they were almost trying to make her look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or something. Like, it seemed to I, – I hope they don't force that. They don't need to. Like, the woman is enormous already, and whereas armor makes her look like an absolutely enormous man. I hope they don't – I hope they don't pad that anymore. It's just not necessary. But I completely agree with Kate. I think we won't know – just how good the actress is or how much she can handle until we see a
0: little more. But my, my first impression of her when she came on screen is holy crap, Tilda Swinton got roided up.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's Tilda Swinton's <laughs> enormous roided sister.
0: Yeah. But I I, I thought that that was a hell of an entrance and she really, she has a presence unlike Im- immediately has a presence unlike any other female character on television or possibly any sort of visual representation currently going on. So that, that, uh, that I'm, I'm very interested to follow. And we also have the return of Renly, and we meet his wife as well and their sort of strange sexual dynamic, which I think personally was much more interesting than any of the sort of sexual tension or commentary we had going on last week.
1: Absolutely. And I, I know fans of the book will know this is uh, somewhat significant change, at least her, she's much older here than she is. I think she's like a like a teenager, right? In the, in the book, like 14 or something like that, which is how that's they
0: barely a teenager. Well, it
1: explains how they've not consummated the marriage yet. It, you know, that's the explanation that is given. Um, but I find this dynamic far more interesting. And uh, I, I imagine there will be more of interest to come with it.
2: Uh, I, I agree. I really like the actress that plays her. Um I think it's as often the case with fantasy novels too they're going to have to age everybody a little bit like you know it it's it's the idea of watching a 14 year old be constantly sexual is not something anybody wants to watch on HBO you know so I think they've made good choices to make these people like Mike where do they want to watch it just just so we're clear um I think you have you have a Tumblr account that you can direct people to don't you
0: Yeah but just just uh, SMS me yes
2: don't don't do it through the show please
0: um but i mean not just with the women too and
2: not just because of sexuality like um rob is 15 in the book and they don't mention his age in the show but he's clearly like 23 or something like that they're Mm -hmm. not they're not trying to make him 15 and i think in general like we talked about last week i think they're making good casting decisions based on people that are good to play the roles a little bit more than people that just look exactly like i imagined them in the book which is a really good decision
0: Hmm. Uh, I was also really intrigued by what was going on with Theon Greyjoy this week. Um, as we previously mentioned, we sort of saw him transition from sort of the ward of the of the Starks, where he seems to be a relatively noble character, and then we saw him be that be not quite so noble after all. And this week, we kind of see another side of him entirely, where he seems to be somewhat humbled. And seems to be uh, willing to do whatever it takes to get back in the good graces of his family, and I thought uh, that was really convincingly played as well.
1: It was a little, um, it, it was very well played. Don't get me wrong; it was the scenes were all well written, they were well executed, and all of that. It was a little uh, predictable f- for me. It's and less interesting than I, I would would have liked. Um, the the character in the books doesn't have any pondering about the moral question of anything he just acts and he sides with his fan there's no inner turmoil of if he's gonna side with rob he just throws rob under the bus um and i think that's more interesting and that has to deal with that choice later and and so this felt a little too much like they want are trying to to keep the theon fans on board um are there theon fans
2: (laughs) I think a little bit, I I agree with you. I think a little bit of moral equivocation is, again, something we might see a little bit more transitioning from than from the source material. You know, like, again, we can't stress this enough. The source material is impossibly bleak and dark. Like anybody that's read that, I don't think there's any arguing with that assessment. And I don't know that that level of like nihilism is really going to play throughout the show and be as interesting. So I think they're working sometimes to nuance it a little bit. And I think you're right. I think this was an example of where giving it some sort of, you know, moral ambiguity makes it a little less interesting actually. Um, But I think we're, I think we might see more of that.
1: Yeah. And, and well, and I do, I do want to stress that. That is just my pedantic having read the book perspective coming out it's as far as if i didn't know that i'm sure i would have been absolutely fine with the scene i mean you didn't know that simon did you care
0: uh no i did yeah. not care at all
1: so it's it's so easy to get caught up in but i wanted to be like the book and so i have to make sure i stop myself from getting a tattoo too frequently mm-hmm
0: Uh, Were there any other significant changes from the book? Like, I'm thinking specifically of Tyrion's little scheme to keep cleaning house.
2: That was done very... Actually, I was going to mention that. I I thought that was really really interesting. Like, so all of that stuff that happens, happens over a very... Like, stretched out over 600 pages. And involves nothing like that. It involves a lot of schemes. and, And they're all very interesting and stuff. But I think this... Which was a complete departure from
0: the book, and and took him about six hours.
2: E- exactly, it took him about six hours, and is done in twenty minutes of screen time instead of literally what would have been two seasons almost.
1: Um, I thought um, I remembered this exact thing happening in the book. I mean, did you, it really? Yeah, more stretched out, <laughs> but the tell Tyrion definitely it- told different people he was marrying off the kids to different oh maybe it was just that it
2: happened it, over such a long it happened period.
1: over a longer period yes yeah. but they the same it's idea
2: that, yeah, and i think in general they're moving things faster a little bit but um i thought that that was a, a good example i mean like you said i don't actually remember it happening specifically but if it did it definitely played out a little bit differently but i thought that that worked really well and like was a nice scene i thought the way they shot it you know with Every time the camera pulls off, when it pulls back, there's a different person standing there. I thought that was kind of cute.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was there's some nice little editing tricks this week that they don't normally do. Exactly. Th- uh, now, are, are you guys sure you read the same book series, by the way? <laughs> Mike, are you thinking about that time you read... We're talking about uh, Narnia, right? <laughs> thinking about the time you read Lord of the Rings Stone in junior high?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, we're we're Simul- Silmarillion, right?
0: Reading Lord of the Rings Stone,
2: that sounds like the most boring experience in history.
1: Depends on how much you like songs. <laughs> but I, I do want to mention uh, in this, in this scene with, um with Tyrion, I really, the, the thing that I really enjoyed about it was particularly in watching him interact with Varys. Uh, and what I enjoyed about it is in these scenes, you get a real sense that Varys likes Tyrion. They, yeah, and, and Littlefinger, I think also, uh, though maybe not quite as much. Be, I think it's. I really enjoy the relish that these actors bring to their characters, and I, I like that there's that note underneath, particularly the scenes with Tyrion and Varys. That Varys has been there a long time, and he's worked with a lot of different hands to the king, and he finally has one that he respects. And one that he can work with and he can, if if they're, when their, when their interests coincide, one that they will be able to do significant things together with. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. Was that just me? Did you guys pick up on that?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: I, I like it too. And I think that uh, Veritas and Littlefinger don't like each other, but. I think they're also the only two really intelligent people in King's Landing. So I think they're just happy to have another smart person around, to be honest. Uh, like another person they can speak to about things that they consider to be their, you know, equal to their intellectual station.
1: Or even someone they cannot speak to because they don't, they can leave so much unsaid and the other person yeah. will know exactly what they're saying.
2: Another competent person, perhaps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, we also had the – when he turns on on another sort of old uh, ally of the court, Lord Pycelle, which was – that was brutal. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. That that played out just like it did in the book. That was a very – it worked really well.
0: Uh, Speaking of, again, sort of discrepancies from the book, I know you guys mentioned that everything that goes down with uh, Lord Snow up in the north with Craster – definitely was playing out differently here than it did in the books we don't get too much there but we we do get sort of a little bit more explanation of why they're just sort of going to try to leave the situation be uh now is is this again sort of a, just a condensed version of what you were getting in the books or is this something rather divergent
2: well i think um i think actually the example of jumping and the jumping back uh they moved really far forward last week and this week they just sort of evened out a little bit um what what happened there, aside from the little bit with the thing he sees, actually played out fairly similarly to what I remember. I mean, he doesn't crash or doesn't knock him out or anything. There's another pretext for them leaving. Um, but there doesn't seem to be anything that they've changed dramatically, except for the fact that the events north of the wall are definitely not in sync with the other events in the book, in the show, the way the book was in sync.
0: Now, uh, something I I picked up on this week and probably should have mentioned a lot earlier, is it safe to say that Sansa has the most thankless role on this show?
1: Yes.
2: Oh, it gets so much worse. No spoilers. It gets so much worse. As
1: far as thankless, (laughs) yes. She, She very rarely has anything to do. The fact that the actress has made so much out of that character is incredibly impressive. Now
0: yeah Sounds, she she basically just plays timorous a lot
1: she just she she does not she's a character with very little agency um through a lot of the story at least that i've read and so so there's just there's uh, things will you know over the ne- course of the next few seasons i mean they the things will be happening with her but as far as having a uh, a thankless role she's definitely i would say the the most thankless Uh, role to be playing on that show
0: yeah definite props to uh sophie turner
2: i don't know about you kate i actually like her better on the show than i did in the book i don't really give a shit about her in the book the book she was like like, yeah Uh, no spoilers (laughs) she totally dies uh who's to say she doesn't
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean I've I haven't read all the way, so I don't know what happens, but the part she that dies. I've read there she, it is. she She the part that I've read, she is uh alive. And I every time we would go to Arya uh in the book, I would be totally excited and then we would go back to Sansa and I would just be annoyed because she was not doing anything.
2: Yeah, literally the Sansa chapter is like my least favorite, but I think I definitely think that the actress brings a more interesting or maybe it's just that watching her is more interesting. I find her inner monologue in the book very boring. Um,
0: well, I would have to imagine that it is. I mean, she, she like like Kate said, there's almost literally nothing she can do.
2: I uh, I really like the actress that they've cast for Shay, the
0: Tyrion's uh, lady. Yes, or soon to be kitchen wench and then handmaiden.
2: <laughs> yes, I think she's really excellent. Um, and I was disappointed there wasn't more Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister is like threatening to be Tywin? my favorite character on the, sh- Tywin. Sorry, I uh, I love I liked him in the book, and I love him in the show. Like I like him so much better in the show.
1: I, I imagine we will have more with him, but I I would love to talk about uh, Arya a little bit, because uh, they. Mm. They jumped forward with that storyline again, yep. and uh,
2: like is, was that in the third book? I was trying to remember.
1: Ah, you know, I don't remember like, where it oh, falls, oh, oh. but shit's about to get real.
2: Yeah, shit's about to get really real.
0: That's exciting. Well, I mean, that was pretty real. Y- you I mean, we think we, it's was, real. I was, oh, I think wait. it's real, but it's not. You sweet summer <laughs> child. Well, I always appreciate <laughs> some quality child endangerment. Yeah. So, uh, but spoiler
2: I... alert: Arya dies too. Everybody dies. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh,
0: yeah, but I, I thought that whole that whole climactic sequence was really nicely done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I totally agree.
1: Well, and and even just the way that, they, I think they've done a good job with the stunt choreography, um, in mirroring the the tragedies in Arya's life. In first, a uh, Serio and then her father, and then... There were elements in the way that both of those characters died, in the way that Joran died in this episode, and I I thought that was such a nice touch, and uh, I assume will very much shape Arya.
2: I wanted to talk about that, by the way. Given that fight scene, is Joran the biggest badass we've seen so far on the show?
1: Uh... He
2: killed, like, nine people with, like, an arrow in his neck to start the fight. Like if I, I, I stick just, an Erwin Simon's like, neck, do you know how few people he can kill? I, like I, two.
0: I well, think
1: a battle royale between Sirio, Yorin, and, and Jamie would be pretty great to watch.
0: Uh what about what about uh, Tyrion's guy? Oh, um, Braun. oh, bronze. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's pretty. He's good too. up there too. Bronze, the the like dirty fighter in the yeah, book, which is kind of why
2: I would root for him.
1: Sand in the eyes, man. You know
2: what's really interesting? Whenever I, <clears throat> whenever I explain Game of Thrones to people, you have to sell it on the idea that it's like a fantasy show with no magic, where there is almost no action, like, <laughs> like, and I, I, it, it's not in any way a boring show. But when you actually piece together the amount of action it's like one minute in 90 yeah um the like this big fight scene with Yorn couldn't have lasted 90 seconds uh and it's the only i think it's the only sword fight this season other than the little one with um breen
0: well yeah we've we've had a few sort of gladiatorial moments but yeah but i
2: think that's the first like fight with where characters fight yeah and i think in the first season it took five episodes until jamie had like a 30 second fight with uh
0: with, with Ned. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, with Ned, exactly. So it's so interesting, but they're so memorable. The choreography is so great. And what makes what's going screen of thorn apart and they really that's really comes to light in the action sequences is that you know it's a it's a fantasy novel that takes place in such a physically real world where, you know, getting hit by a sword means you die a month later because it's infected. Like there's so much urgency and 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 there, there's so much real death at hand in every fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes them so interesting.
1: Well, and that's why I think you know the the contrast between the uh, the 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 joust or the fight at the beginning uh, in Renly's camp and the the death of Yoren is so so well handled. The just the colors, the lighting, the the uh, the, the even, I would say, the the music a little bit underneath, or even, maybe it's more, maybe it's not to me, it's the sound design of the fights, are are so distinct. Mm-hmm. I love Catelyn's line, my son isn't playing at war, and you can see, I mean, it, you just referenced Mike, uh, Summer Child, you can see that Renly is a summer king.
2: Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's... Simon, Simon, Simon is, is know. the summer king of Sound on Sight.
0: Yes, yeah. Michael Ryan is the is the ambassador to the inner child, and I am the summer king. That's true. <laughs> what are you, Mike? I, I, don't, I, I think I'm, I'm not around enough to to to, to rule anything. Yeah, so. but you, you've been around long enough. You've got to give yourself a title. That's true. <laughs> we'll have to work on that. So what should we... Uh, I, I'd be curious, given all the divergences, what do you think we should start to expect next week in vague terms?
2: Well, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil season four. Um, the Miranese spice trade is not what it seems like. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say a notable uh, absence this week is Danny. Uh, though I didn't miss her until I noticed that she hadn't been in the episode. There's so much going on that I think it was better to just not have her in this episode rather than cutting to her starving in the desert, like they did last. Agree. Yeah, like they did last week. Um, but also
2: her storyline kind of meanders for a little bit. Like we don't Mm -hmm. need to check in that often on her. Well,
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I would have been happy just not seeing John either. Jon Snow, north of the Wall, because so because little... he's a terrible actor? No, because so little <laughs> happens with that, and everything else, that everything that happened north of the Wall was not interesting to me this week, whereas everything no. else was far more interesting. And we also didn't, we didn't see anything with Stannis, we didn't see uh, and Melisandre and Davos anything happening there, so That's there's... That's a good point. There's a lot in the air right now, and I would assume that we will see more of Stannis next week, we will see mm-hmm. more of Catelyn and Brienne and Renly.
2: Um, That's a good point. You know, they made some interesting decisions to like push some. I feel like maybe push some storylines ahead so they can get them out of the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, I, I would guess maybe we don't come back to Arya for a little while.
1: I feel like we. I don't know. I feel like they're gonna. We're gonna go to Arya. We're gonna get the, She's gonna get to Harrenhal, and then they're gonna leave her for a while while she's in a holding pattern there.
2: Oh, that's true. They could because she's... Anyway, no spoilers, no spoilers, but she dies in the next episode.
1: (laughs) Yes, clearly. Um, And when things do start to kick in with Danny and with John, I feel like that will be... um, Especially with with John north of the wall, I feel like that is probably going to be later in the season. And when things start to kick in with Danny, they're going to kick in in a big way. So I, I don't know. That's what I would imagine we also didn't see Rob this week. We didn't see Jamie. We didn't, there's a lot that we, we just barely saw brand though. I liked that they touched on, on his dreams.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Cause that's definitely something that we will get back to fairly soon. It also looks like the stuff with Theon uh, mm-hmm. again, no spoilers. Theon dies in the next episode, but there's um, the stuff with Theon that again, takes a long time to develop. I think that's going to develop a lot faster Mm
1: -hmm.
2: um, and like maybe within a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of the stuff that happens superfluous to that can just be mentioned as happening off screen.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, Simon, I'm curious, what storyline are you most interested in at the moment? You know, uh,
0: I'm still, I'm still not sure yet. I find the stuff in the iron islands to be interesting uh, just because of the new characters we're meeting. Yeah. Like, I, I I'm not that invested yet in the whole Melisandre Stannis thing because we have they've gotten so little screen time, and I I take it they're both interesting characters, but you know I haven't I haven't seen much evidence of that yet. But there's I mean there's plenty of we've still got seven more episodes this season, so there's plenty of time for them to remedy that. Um, I mean I'm always interested in Arya because she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all yeah, and obviously Tyrion's machinations are you know the most obviously fun part of the show and yeah. pretty much always have been
1: yeah, i mean that's it reminds me another one we didn't see this week at all really one scene was cersei
0: or Java. she was so
2: good or in Joffrey. that one scene though she was i thought this was one of those moments where she just uh she just really harnessed that character and mm-hmm. a little bit of the nuance too you think like maybe Part of her feels bad for Sansa, but plays out this vicious machination because that's what's expected of her. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. you're certain that she also enjoys part of it too. Um, really, just a just a spectacular acting uh, in that role.
1: Well, and also in her her I, that reminded me. Um, there were, were two scenes with Cersei this week when she confronts Tyrion later in, in the episode. It really—I remember being really struck in the book series as I read how Cersei seems like such a power player in the first book in the first season, and then as it continues, you realize how, at a certain point, how little control she does have. She has no way to to stop, you know, Tyrion or Joffrey from sending away her daughter. Who she will likely not see again for years, and and so I think really emphasizing that like they do this week goes a long way towards giving you insight into this character and how, why she does revel the power she has, uh, revel in the power that she has, uh, and 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 so just little things like her confrontation with Tyrion I think work really well,
0: mm-hmm. and that also explains sort of how she. Might sympathize or even empathize with Sansa. Yes, because she sort of identifies another spirit who is. I mean, obviously, she's got more considerably more mobility than Sansa, but you know, at the same time, she's she even comes across as being somewhat envious of Tyrion.
1: Well, yeah, and and Sansa hasn't. I mean, yet in in this in this series or this season, hasn't. Like I said, she doesn't have agency. Whereas Cersei is acting; she doesn't always. Uh, wind up winning. Uh, you know, she she makes a move. She gets Jan- Janice Flint on her side and then Tyrion takes him away. She, but she's still in the game, whereas Sansa is just outside. She is a pawn in the game. She has no control. And so contrasting those two, and I would imagine we will see Sansa be, develop more, um, more cunning because she has to or she's just going to get raped and die. That's kind of... That's what's going to happen to a character like Sansa if she continues to let other people control her to the extent that she has. Um, So I think that should be an interesting dynamic to watch.
0: Just like in Canada, by the way. It's actually in our charter. Spoiler alert, everybody gets raped and dies. (laughs)
1: Especially the ones who are already dead. Actually, speaking of the ones who are already dead, um, I'm curious, Mike, were were you uh, disappointed like I was that they didn't show the full ceremony of the drowned
2: god now okay i was going to ask you i i was initially disappointed but then i remembered i think that what they showed there is the ceremony for before they get on um boats before like yes. they take command of a ship i the ceremony of the drowned god that actually happens is when they become disciples of the church um yeah. i think we're still going to see that later
1: as long as we still see it, I'll be good. But just with all of the, he who is dead can never die has, you know, that's, you know, their saying of their, of their faith has been, has been parroted many times, uh, in the past few episodes. And so I, I was, I kept waiting for it in this episode, but as long as it comes down the line, then it, then it's great for me. If they just kind of skip over it as a way to save time, I'll be very disappointed
0: there, whatever this is, it better be special because you guys have been talking about a ceremony for like five minutes. I think
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I
0: think they won't skip
2: over it. I think Simon will really like it.
1: Uh
2: huh. Um, but it's uh, yeah. I, I I that's I imagine that that was a character we're going to come to know, Aaron Dampier, mm-hmm. um, and it, in which case he looked fantastic and that's a great.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: no no spoilers. He dies in the next episode. Don't worry. But he um. <laughs> I thought I thought he looked great and was a great choice. Um, the stuff in the Iron Islands was never my favorite stuff. To be honest, I'm thinking I'm liking it more in the show than I did in the book just because it looks so awesome. And I'm looking forward to the King's Moot. Spoiler, there's a King's Moot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and uh also the the actress have been doing such a great job with uh yara or asha in the books and and Bailan. i mean that they're just so great and i like that they took the time and all the you know they're speeding these stories up but i like that they took the time to have that scene between uh between theon and and yara or asha where she you know, because as a, a, a viewer or a reader, when you're reading the story and you figure out that the sister allowed her brother to feel her up, while the brother didn't know that they were related, but she did, it's a very strange thing. So I like that they do actually address that.
0: Sort of. I mean, it's not like we get a full psychological workup of Asha. We just we we know that she's a little out there. Well, well, I think we'll get to know her more.
1: It's not a twin-cess situation. It's not a Targaryen situation. It's a, I was trying, I wanted to know what kind of a man you are, and I sure as hell figured a lot of it out.
0: I'm not sure that's really a good enough explanation, but I'll go with it. <laughs> I, I agree. I think if I ran into that explanation for a similar scenario in reality, I would think that I would still be considerably suspect.
2: Like the last time you met your sister at a bus station, and didn't know was her, and fooled around <laughs> with her. How did you know about that? I have footage of it. Ugh. As yeah. does the internet. Yeah, you Great.
1: can never take it offline, yeah. man. Um, that is what she said
2: in the commentary. Was I just wanted to see what kind of a man Simon Howell was?
0: So oh, it yeah. happens in real life. Yeah, we all know. We all know. Anyway, does this ceremony involve, by the way, some kind of Uncle Boonmi style fish copulation?
1: Wow. We're just going to leave this to your imagination because that way, when it actually finally happens, you'll be mega disappointed.
0: Uh, so, spoiler alert, yes, it does. Okay. I think we should uh, just about wrap this up. So, I, I personally, on, I on think, the fish copulation note, that's yes, what you I, I think personally, this was my favorite of the three episodes so far.
1: I think I definitely liked it more than last week. Uh, and yeah, I guess probably it, it was my favorite of the three.
0: Yeah. Not as much table setting, more good character moments. And like uh like Kate said, it's really
2: about to get like like totally motherfucking real right now. So um the I feel like they slowed things down a little bit so that they could really set the table, like you said, with all of the necessary characters and motivations and stuff. And now with maybe a few small exceptions and twists, I think the season's gonna run itself from pretty much here on in. I don't think we need a lot more exposition. Uh and there's uh spoiler alert there's so much stuff to come like in terms of action like this is a very action heavy season for sure
1: this i think vampire diaries on crack as far as the amount of plot that or just story that they're gonna burn through that they're gonna have to it's like the mirror opposite of say mad men
0: (laughs) or the walking dead
1: I'm mad man. I'm going with that as far as slow pace or early season uh, three breaking bad or right, season four enough. breaking bad.
0: All right. Well, um, yeah, like I said, definitely my favorite so far. I'm very curious, especially now that I've heard your, your promises of excitement. Very curious to see where they go from here. So we open the show with the eight bit version of the game of Thrones theme song. Thank you, YouTube. And in honor of Brienne, we're going to close it off with Fortet's. She just likes to fight. I don't think I'm going to be around next week because I'm going to be in New York, but uh, it's going to still be great.
1: We're expecting uh, Ricky to to join us next week.
0: All right, so thank you, Kate and Mike. And uh, do head on over to www.soundonsite.org. Lots of great stuff every week. I also write reviews of Game of Thrones. This week's is going to be a little late. It should be up late Monday night. And uh, thank you for listening.